You're getting ready to go out. You want to get in the mood. There's a playlist for that. You move to the beat. You trip over the dog. You're not dancing anymore. You open the Medibank app and find a physio. We live in an on-demand world. And now your health insurance comes on demand too. Download the new Medibank app today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the SEN MBA podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke Sakari, and joining me across the desk, it's been a couple of weeks, but we finally found our way back into the studio is Chris De Silva. Chris, how are you? Good, mate. Yeah, it has been a while. Uh, um, I can't even remember where we were last time. I don't know where we were, but we weren't here. I think we were, I think we were starting the playoffs. Yeah, we were. We were yeah, we were, we were just, about to start the we playoffs. About to start, or yeah. might have just started, and yeah. we just... I think we're going through each. I think each game was about two to three games in, and yeah. we we're just, just yeah. And a lot's happened since then. A lot, yeah. Um, we're probably gonna. Uh, before we get into some topics, how about just a general overview? What, what are your thoughts on the players? It's been two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already seen two teams qualify for the conference final, so we're already we're we're, we're mostly done most of the playoffs. I mean, we've got yeah. the two most important rounds left, but in terms of the the most games and the most teams we've done all that stuff. What have you been your thoughts two three weeks in? Um, it hasn't been as as close as last year, which I think after free agency this summer, everyone kind of saw that you know writing on the wall. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, I, I've had fun watching it. Um, yeah, yeah. Even though we haven't had the close series we we may have wanted, um, for me playoffs are still the playoffs. We we had a few really good first round series, um, a few good like real pivotal game fives. Um, uh, boss, uh, sorry, Toronto and Milwaukee. Milwaukee that, was a fun the, series. That, that major comeback in in game six, yep. even though they didn't get over the line. Clippers, Utah was fun. Um, the Cavs had the big comeback, obviously. Um, but Boston, Chicago series had well, yes, they had comebacks. They yeah, more storylines in that game in that series. Um, excuse me. And you had even even Golden State Utah, even though that was a sweep, um, a few of those games were a little bit interesting. I thought Golden State took oh, they, care of Utah pretty easy. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't get much enjoyment watching that, those games. They, to be honest, I, I found them really boring. Ga- game three was the one where it was pretty close, but um, it's hard for for Utah with having lost George Hill. It was tough uh, yeah. um, for a team. Of their their quality to c- come up against Golden State, it's very tough. Uh, to do it yeah, they were definitely outmatched, but uh, I mean, it, you're right. It is the playoffs, so we do enjoy it. the the intensity of the games and the big players step up and all that type of stuff, which is great to see. But I feel like that sense of inevitability, yeah, that everyone kind of knows it's going to be Cleveland and yeah. Golden State, which yeah. isn't a bad thing because they're the two best teams. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what you want. Like you, you want the people two talk. Best teams. Here's yeah. the thing, right? People talk about. Um, parody and how it's going to be Cleveland Warriors again and who who else do you want in the finals? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, uh, no. do you want the Celtics in the finals against Golden State? Like, who yeah. wants that series? No, it's a fair point. I think I can see the other side of the argument though, where people are saying it doesn't make it boring, but it just there's no and not anticipations. It's that's not the right word, but. Because you know you're kind of not as yeah. excited because you're like, if if Golden State win by twenty, like well, of course we knew that. Yeah, and people would sport that where you see other leagues around the world where you literally there's so many games that could just go either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I mean, we're recording today as of Game Six between Boston and Washington, and does anyone think either team's going to get close to Cleveland? 
Like, what are they playing for? Um, yeah, to get swept by LeBron. <laughs> like, exactly. Literally. And I think it's that that those type of things where people are just like, well, we might as well just not even watch the first yeah. month of the playoffs and just wait till June because what happens before it's irrelevant. And, I, and then like sorry. when you yeah, you're right. when you got two teams that are so dominant, and Cleveland and Golden State just have rosters that are miles ahead of anyone else. You want those two teams in the playoffs, mm-hmm. in the finals, excuse me. Men in the last two, they're one on one. It's the trilogy. It's the final, yeah. you know, battle. So marketing wise, it actually works quite well. It attracts massive casual um, attention because the NBA wants that matchup. The yeah. NBA, like you said, they don't want. Boston versus San Antonio because you can't market that. Yeah. It's not a game where you can sell the people. You're not going to put... It's not It's not like you're putting LeBron and Steph Curry on a poster yeah. as opposed to putting Isaiah Thomas and Kawhi Leonard. There's nothing against those guys, but I'm talking marketing-wise, yeah, from- that's not going to sell. Mm-hmm. So for the NBA's-wise, it's it's great. But as the, the real hardcore fans, it's just like, you know. You know, yeah. You know. Like, then la- again, that's just how it is. Like last year... Even though it was much of the same, you knew the Cavs were coming out. In the Everyone. in the West, you had OKC, and that was kind of... Well, yeah, it was 3-1 uh, in, yeah, in the West uh, OKC was that um, kind of X-factor, if you like, in the Western Conference. This year, there's no real... Well, how about that, the Spurs? One team. Do you think the Spurs can challenge? I mean, as we record, that, that series is set. Yeah. It is the Spurs. And we'll touch on the Rockets a bit later on, what happened in that game six. But how about the Spurs? Do you reckon they can give them a run? It's the Spurs, um, yeah. and they're not gonna they're not gonna piss away games if yeah. I if I can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're not a team that like like a Portland or a Utah that's just gonna give away games. Um, they're very smart. They've been in this moment before. Um, Coach Popovich has been in this moment before. I still think, don't get me wrong, Golden State's big favourites. Um, yeah, as they should be. But I, I could I could definitely see that series going maybe six games. Six. Um, if Golden State winning in six wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think the Spurs, this is a game that's going to be a fight of which style the games are between. Yeah. Because... If if it's a running match, the Spurs can't go no go way. go with that. So they. But we we said a lot about the same thing in the Rocket series. Yeah, that, that that was a narrative coming in. Yeah, and the Spurs switched that. Yeah, so exactly. So obviously the talent between the Warriors and the Rockets is a lot different, mm-hmm. but the, the the same principle. Yeah, because when the, when the Spurs play well, what they do is they our team teams are teams let them have their two big men out on the court. Yeah. And that's how Popovich generally likes to play with two two traditional bigs, um, rather than going small and say putting Kawhi Leonard at the four. Um, so, but in the Warriors series, they're going to try and make it a small ball series as much as possible. So it's going to be that fight between um, which star prevails over the other. And I think the Spurs will look to keep this as as a series where it's in. You know, in in the nineties to hundreds. Yeah. If if they're if you're getting out, uh, if it's a track meet, if it's you, a shootout, then um, the the Spurs just simply they don't have the offensive arsenal. They don't have um, the firepower. They don't have the explosiveness. Um, I like how they match up defensively. Um, I I really liked what I saw from Jonathan Simmons in yeah. the in the Rocket series. He's been really, really, that um, game six he played was and massive, the, and they're gonna need him in the next series because if you look at the matchups, um. Kawhi is probably going to guard KD. Yeah. Um, 
Danny Green probably going to be on on clay. Maybe you could maybe even go on Steph maybe go at on times Steph. because they um, really got but lack they of can, options on Steph. They can really deploy Jonathan Simmons on Steph Curry. Yeah, uh, we saw him defend Harden really well yep. in the last two games. I think in Game Five, um, in overtime, he held Harden to one missed field yeah. goal and like five turnovers. Yeah, um, and that was purely they were trying to switch a pick and roll, and he wasn't allowing them to switch, and he was a Keeping Harden on an island, yeah, um, and Harden just couldn't couldn't Could, couldn't beat him one on one. Game six as well, and he's one of the best one on one players in the league. Yeah, um, now he doesn't have the Harden doesn't have the shooting of, of Steph, Steph, the shooting uh, shooting threat, if you like. Yeah, um, but nonetheless, he's Harden's no chump. No, um, no, well, he's probably going to win the MVP. Yeah, so so, so if you look at it. Um, Simmons has got a big role to play in the series yeah, for me cuz I cuz I don't know I said if I'm the Spurs I don't know how how much power Gasol can be on the floor in the series I really don't know yeah um yeah. and I think if you're the Spurs as well just on the other end offensively you yeah. have to take advantage of LaMarcus yeah so we saw in game 6 with no Kawhi against against the Rockets how dominant uh, Aldridge was yep. when he received touches pretty much every time down. They'll get him into favorable positions in the in the low post at the high elbow where he likes, and he just went mm-hmm. to work. Yeah, and the more he touched it, you can see the more confident he got. He has the height on Draymond Green. If mm-hmm. that matchup does does materialize, that's an area where they have to because you look at the game of value in any sport. It's about maximizing your strengths and minimizing the yep. the opponents. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a compromise somewhere. Yep. Um, it's about really setting the tone initially and saying you're going to need to match us as opposed to we're going to match you. Mm-hmm. I think establishing Aldridge early yep. on on the offensive end, get get him the ball early, make him score, make Golden State defend him. I think that could go a long way in deciding which lineups play the majority of the game, yeah. which could dictate the, the the tempo and the flow. You see you see the Cavs do this pretty often. They did it last year in the finals. I think they might have done it in on the Christmas Day game this year. Mm-hmm. They really early and often go at Golden State's best players defensively. Yeah. So that you see him put Steph in every single pick and yeah. roll in the finals last year. And as a result he was in foul trouble a lot of those mm-hmm. games. Um so having to, so he was only able to play like thirty minutes as opposed to thirty seven, um, and that's massive. Yeah, um, that's when huge, you when you look huge. at it, um, and on Christmas Day they did the same to Draymond Green. Yeah, got him in two fouls before the Very. first first timeout was called, and as a result they had to bring on Ke- Kevon Looney, um, and ju- just things like that. It gets just gets them out of their normal rotation, yep. and this is where you know they they haven't got Steve Kerr there. So it's, um, they don't so, have the they don't have the coach. Yeah, they look, don't have the coach. Look, I'm of the opinion that throughout so far in the playoffs, I don't think Mike Brown has had to coach. I don't think he has he has had to coach one game because right. this team just so self polices themselves. Yeah. Um, where that comes into play is when it's a late game situation, when a guy is in foul trouble. How do you change the rotation? Um, say they lose a game, what adjustments does he have now? In between game adjustments, Steve Kerr can obviously still help him, um, but in game adjustments, has it's, he got it's up that? To him, because um, if I mean he if, has he he has been a, a senior coach before. He has, so he's been there, done that. But you can't just walk into a team. No. And it, look, he's been an assistant for for two, three years, whatever. Yeah. But it's different. It, it's it being, is different being in the main chair. And, and you ask if 
you ask the majority of the NBA public, they they say that Popovich coaches rings around him. Yeah. Um, oh, so uh, the coaching battle is is for the Spurs. Yeah, that, and there's that's no their major question. advantage. That's their major advantage for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if they can keep these games kind of close um, and not not let Golden State get out because they've been really good in the first quarters of these playoffs. Um, I think they have a ridiculous net rating. Yeah. Um, if they can withstand that first punch that's coming and stay in there, made these games a slugfest, sort of like the 2015 finals. Yep. Um, something like that. It's really just slow down the pace, that's, that's control what the game about. to the T. And we saw that, I mean, excuse me, the... The regular season series against these two teams are almost irrelevant because there were so many yeah. factors. There was that one game where, where Steve Kerr rested everyone in San Antonio. Yep. There was another game in San Antonio where the Spurs were up by 20 points in the first yeah. quarter. And Warriors ended up winning by, I think it was 12 points. So yeah. Having a, a plus 40 point turnaround. Yep. Really hard to read into those, those matches this mm-hmm. year. But I, I look at that first, or the game where the Spurs went up 20. Well, there's a blueprint. Mm -hmm. That's something where you can... That's a reference point. You can say, that's how we got to do it. It's about maintaining that. Um, Can they do it? I don't think so. I think Golden State just overpowers them in every area. I've got Golden State in five. Yeah, no. Five close ones. There'll probably be a blowout or two in between just by virtue of the way Golden State plays so aggressively and fast-paced. But then again, uh, how many times do we doubt the Spurs? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not. I'm saying going to saving five, comf- like confidently, but at the same time, back in my head, I know yeah. it's the Spurs. It's just because of the Spurs. That's why I'm saying Golden State in six, six as yes. opposed to five. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because I think, I think there will be a a moment in this series where it's a kind of flashbulb crossroads moment, if you want, for the Warriors, where they kind of have that little bit of adversity that they've been really well, searching if, for. If they lose game one, yeah. you know, well, then all of a um, sudden... And I think they have been searching for that adversity yep. to to come and almost have a test before the finals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had it in spades last year. Um, obviously being down 3-1. And injury problems as well. Yeah, so... To a lesser extent. I think this series will provide that there'll be some sort of, whether it's 1-1 going to San Antonio, whether they're down 2-1 going to a game four, you know, I, I don't know, but... There'll be one little moment there where this team kind of fi- has to figure it out and yeah. figure out, you know, who's closing, whatever. Yeah, which um, would probably be beneficial in Which would be beneficial. For, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's something that they should want to welcome. And yeah, I think it, they are welcoming of it. Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, so it, I am excited for it, though. Yeah, it should be. It's a series we all wanted yeah. in the West. Yeah. A series we could have had, but didn't was because in game six the Houston Rockets absolutely imploded and in particular James Harden now this was probably one of the worst closeout elimination whatever you want to title it games I've seen from a superstar MVP candidate in a long time because James Harden was he was horrible he wasn't aggressive he was so passive. Yeah. There was one play where he had a right, wide open three-point shot and he, he went into his shooting motion and then he passed it off mm. at, at the apex and the ball went out of bounds. It's yeah, like he tried to pass it. Go, in the corner go, there. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you take, gotta take the that. shot. You take that. He was turning the ball over. He was making poor decisions. I couldn't believe what I was. I'm not sure how it happened. Mm-hmm. He's obviously taking all the blame when he's taking it on his shoulders. Yep. Um, 
which is all fine, but I, I'm not sure what you made of it, but I was watching, I was just shaking my head. I could not believe, maybe it's because the Spurs just slaughtered them so early without Kawhi Leonard, maybe it just shocked them and they couldn't recover. But even fr- from the tip, he wasn't aggressive. And you can see it obviously had a trickle-down effect on the entire team because it starts with your superstar. He sets the tone. He dictates the the role player's performance. And he just wasn't there. It was really strange to see. Yeah, well, he this almost can be traced back to the end of Game 5. Um, we mm-hmm. saw he was fantastic in the first half of Game 5. Really outplayed Kawhi Leonard. Yep. Um, and then in the late fourth quarter to overtime, he just didn't have it. He was turning the ball over. He was really, he just looked gassed, yeah. um, to be c- completely honest with you. And that obviously trickled down into game six. Um, and look, I thought I wasn't surprised that the Spurs won. I was surprised by how much they won. Yep. Um, won by, but seeing game five, that game was there for Houston to win. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they lost it, I was like, I don't think they'll come back to San Antonio. You don't get a chance like that again. Yeah. You don't get a second chance. You, you don't. You have to, when you're, when you're there, and they were leading the majority of that game. Yep, they, they really were. were. That's correct. Um, and there was a stage where in the fourth quarter I was watching in game five, and San Antonio literally could not make a shot. Yeah. And it was begging, the game was begging the Rockets to take take it. Yep. Yep. Um, and the Rockets just couldn't, couldn't land that knockout blow. And... We see with champion teams, if you let them hang around, it doesn't end well for you. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And then in game six, it was just quintessential Spurs. Um, it was a clinic. You know, take one guy out, plug one guy in, same thing, same results. Um, it's what makes them so unique, so special. Yeah. Um, and now if you look at it, heading into game one, Kawhi Leonard's been sitting for, for a while. Um, yeah. He's had, he's had rest that the other players on the Spurs haven't had. Um, now it'll be interesting to see how well his ankle is. Well, that's going to be um, the big question mark heading in. Yeah, because yeah. for him to even forget Game Six, to sit out of the overtime of Game Five and not even be—if you look, remember regulation—he wasn't even when they had the ball to win yeah. the game. He wasn't even on the court. He wasn't on the floor. So obviously, it's, it's affecting him. It's serious because if he's if he can if Kawhi Leonard can stand on that last play, you at least have him in the corner as a decoy. Yeah. Um, just because yeah. of his shooting, um, but it makes yeah. it, it makes it a four on a four as opposed to a five on five. A- absolutely, gives you more space. Maybe yeah. Paddy Mills gets that shot off in time mm. if he's out there. I mean, who knows? Yeah. So that was a telling point for me. Um, yeah. Now he says he said that he could have gone for game six, but um, they all but say that. that they all say that. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what because he's he's got a, uh, he's got a massive part <laughs> to play. That's an understatement. In this next series, it, it, um, it on both ends, <laughs> on both ends of the yeah, floor. Yeah, um, it's, it'll be interesting. T- we mentioned Simmons before. Whether whether they play Simmons, they they try to see how long they can survive with Simmons on Durant for a little bit. Yeah, okay. Um, to kind of get Kawhi a few possessions off him. Yeah, there. because because this this series they're going to need his scoring. Yeah, and that, that's the thing with Kawhi. I think that that's the point of it. The, the, his development we're still at. It's where when you and we saw it a bit this season in his defensive numbers. Mm-hmm. How much you read into defensive analytics is all up to you. But we did see a a dramatic drop off in yep. them, and that happens when 
when your offensively when your offensive responsibility goes up, your defensive efficiency and capabilities go down just by yeah. by nature. It's human nature. It's the responsibility. It's a load mm-hmm. on the shoulders. You can't maintain an elite high level intensity on both ends of forty eight minutes. It's too hard in the playoffs against yeah. Golden State. It's not going to happen. Yeah, there's going to be compromise. So maybe that's where a guy like Simmons can come in for hey. Five minutes, we may through the second quarter. We yeah. need you to guard him to give Kawhi just five. Yeah. Not even five. Two, three minutes just to, to rest. Not even rest, but just to not, just to relax him a little bit. To, to Take a bit of the responsibility off the shoulders. Yeah. Lessen the load. And then go from there. So, And those little moments prove pivotal in the wrong one. They are yeah. vital. Yeah. Um, just a few moments to not guard... The second best player yeah, in the world. It helps. Um, you know, uh, where now, whether he prefers that as opposed to chasing after, uh, around, uh, after you, Clay around screens. picking your poison, aren't you? Um, <laughs> but I think when it comes down to it, you're obviously going to p- pick to guard Clay. Yeah. Um, Danny Green's got a massive role as well in mm-hmm. the series. Um, but ba- back to the Rockets. Um, yep. Yeah, it was... Uh, I can't remember an MVP candidate going out like that. Um, you know, it te- was strange to Two see. of 11. Yeah. Just the fact, not even two six of 11. Six turnovers, he, I think. It, yeah, six turnovers. In your, in your close, you do or die game at home. Your MVP candidate only takes 11 shots. It's Only takes 11 and shots. Su- and, and someone who plays the way he does. Yeah. It's, just, it's a strange... It's something that's going to stay with him, I'd imagine, all summer. Yeah, well... He played so bad that there was like allegations of him like quitting and point shaving yeah. after the game. Yeah, I did see that. Um, which, I don't, which is cra- I don't believe that I stuff. But th- but for you get you can, the sense of how bad he played, right? And it's body language as well. I, I already learned the body language, and he just uh, didn't seem to be there. Yeah, I'm not sure if his head wasn't. I, I don't know if it, something happened or. It begs the question again. Like we spoke about Kawhi before, mm-hmm. and now obviously Harden doesn't have the defensive responsibility of yeah. Kawhi. Yeah. Um, but that he has a massive level of offensive responsibility. Oh, he's, he, he's everything for that team. Evolves around him. Um, he's the centerpiece. So this begs the question: that kind of play is so reliant on one guy. Mm. Is it su- sustainable in long, deep playoff runs? Um, I'm, yeah. You know, it, it, he could have just been flat out burnt out, man. It's true, and that 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 that, that statement gains more credibility when you see the two teams Cleveland and Golden State who have three to four yeah all-stars on the team where they don't one guy doesn't get left with everything now we saw I guess he's saying in LeBron's early years he really took that team but even he reached a point he was burnt out uh, some of those Boston yeah. games in his first stint in Cleveland in yeah. 08, 09, 010 he was burnt out yeah you're right he was cooked it's, so, it's historically it's very very hard for you to be so reliant on one guy to do everything yeah. um, and have a deep playoff run. I yeah. mean, when's what's the last team to go go? Probably the Dallas twenty eleven. But even that, there wasn't really one guy, was there? He had Dirk, but that team was very it was very. He had a lot of similar to the O four Pistons. I was just very well rounded. Yeah, and they didn't really have. Or an overtowering guy, yeah. There, yeah, um, and and you look at Dirk; he's not bringing the ball up every single yeah, possession. Exactly you know? right. So um, that's the difference. 
And it, it, it's not only what, I mean, you can just say, oh, you know, Harden, he provides the 35 points and the 10 assists and 10 rebounds. It's not only just those raw numbers that they provide, which is obviously sensational. It's more so he dictates almost how the other guys play. We talk a lot about it with Cleveland, with LeBron. He The way he applies himself defensively trickles down. Yep. Especially more so in the regular season where if there are games where he's just not putting 100% in, yep. Kyrie won't and Kevin Love won't. No. Iman Champa, those guys weren't as well <laughs> because it starts at the point. It starts at the head of the snake. Yep. So all of a sudden, if guys like Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, they see James Harden isn't confident, it can creep into their mindset. Yeah. And they become hesitant yep. because he dictates it. Harden dictates it. And that's what we saw as well. And that can have just a a nasty effect yeah, it's like, on your team. For me, I think about like when I think back to when I used to play junior cricket, right? And if the best batsman on our team gets gets out early, we're like, oh, like, yeah. what, what What do you do? Like you're looking around to see who scores, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, it changes um, everything. And it's like that when they see Harden be gun shy. <laughs> this yeah. guy has been... Uh, the complete opposite of his MO. A Barreling ball to the paint all series, all season, all, season. all, all career. Really. Yeah, um, we haven't seen him play like this, so of course it's going to get him out of rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, l- l- let's move on to the east. So we've mm-hmm. ticked off the west. Yep. Um, we're moving to the east and the Cavs. Two straight sweeps mm-hmm. took care of Toronto with a bit more ease than I expected. It yep. was a sweep and. Some of those games, scoreboard-wise, were quite close, but in reality, you watched them and Cleveland controlled the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they await Boston and Washington, whose game six will be completed by the time this podcast is out. So we might have... It will either be Boston or it will be a game seven between those two. We're not quite sure yet. Does any of them, though, really pose a threat to this Cleveland team who seem to be so comfortable in their own skin? I mean, I fell into the trap again this se- this regular <laughs> yeah, season I where I was watching this team. I told play, you all year, man. I told you team, all year. And I'm looking at the defense, <laughs> and I'm like, "This isn't right." There, the, the the structures, the framework. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. And the it's like as soon as they see the playoff sticker, they <laughs> on to get on inserted onto the court. They think, "Oh crap! It's the playoffs. We better play properly it's now." Like a, it's like the Bulls and the Red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they think, "Oh shit! Here we go!" And they just blitz teams. Yeah. It's unbelievable the way they do it, and they seem so. Like I said, they're just so comfortable. There's this healthy arrogance about them. Yeah, that just drives them. Yeah, and. I would not be surprised if they sweep either Boston or Washington. Yeah, uh, look, I'm gonna save you time. No, <laughs> neither, <laughs> neither, neither the Celtics or the Wizards, yeah. um, for me, pose any threat. Um, we mentioned before that Golden State's probably searching for that one moment of adversity, and I think it's much the same for Cleveland. I think I wouldn't mind seeing them lose a game this series. Yeah, yeah, um, it helps. Uh, yeah, ju- just to have that moment of uncomfortable, uh, uncomfort. It's not even that. Word. I think, yeah, I know what you're saying. I think when you lose, actually, we'll start off. When you win, when you're doing your, your game reviews and you're watching over tape, you can wallpaper over a lot of cracks. Yep. You probably don't analyze as much. When you lose, a mm. lot of the little, fu- little things become 
they, they become magnified and you notice them more because you're trying to search for the exact things why you lost. When you win, when you look, you can look over a lot of that stuff because yeah. you're focusing so much on the positives. So even just having a loss, it's not even about adversity. Having a loss kind of just, it just re, rejigs the mindset and really makes them, okay, we've got to really look down on these areas where they might have been falling over a little bit, but the wind's been covering them. I yeah. think that's important. I think if you look at adversity, maybe that game in Indiana where they had to make the big comeback. That was adversity, yeah. I think it was 25 or 26 points yeah, or whatever it actually, was. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That might have been the that, moment, but that it, happened a long time ago. Yeah. That was in round one. Um, even for for me, the probably biggest issue for me is um, they've got to get Kyrie Irving going. Um, yeah, he's been a bit... He's, yeah. Historically, he's very efficient in the playoff shoots. Um, on his career, 44% mm. from three. Um, this year just twenty eight percent, which You're is right. unheard of for him. Very low. Um, and you've seen a lot of his patented mid range looks, three point looks. They just haven't fallen. Yeah. Um, now credit to Kyrie, and this is this shows his growth. He hasn't let it affect his other. He's been fantastic in the other aspects. Anything, everything other than shooting. Yeah. He's been awesome these playoffs. Um, really defending well. Um. Yeah, the Cavs are holding teams to 102 points per possession with Kyrie on the floor. Yeah, um, which is really really good, um, opposed to their normal overall defensive ratings like one 106. Yeah, I think. it's not good. <laughs> yeah, so um, defensively he's uh, really fought, um, which we don't see in the regular season. Um, in this Toronto series, he was fantastic moving the ball. Yeah, um, averaged 8.5 assists, which is the highest for him in a play playoff series in his career mm-hmm. um, and 34 assists to 7 turnovers that's a highly unheard efficient. of unheard yeah. of assist to turnover ratio unheard of for someone who handles uh, the ball as much as he yeah. does and plays away and, where he score first and this is where yeah. we kind of see the growth of him because in the past if his shooting wasn't off he'd kind of pound pound the air yeah. out of the ball yeah. and try and get his He's looking for fixed. himself to get going. Now he's kind of like, you know, if my shot's not falling, that, that's cool. I'm going to try and affect the game in some other ways. And you, yeah. see him, you see him use his dribble almost for good, not evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny yeah. saying that. <laughs> but, um, you know, using his dribble to break down his defender and not necessarily score himself, yeah. but swing, swing through. Yeah. Um, which is so devastating because now you've got J.R. Smith on fire. You've got Kyle Korver. Darren Williams, Corver's been Fry. a weapon. Oh, oh my he's been awesome. Corver and Fry, just yeah. Um, the I, I, me and you speak about the Cavs all the time yeah. off air. Um, and one thing we've constantly talked about is how this team. It, you talk about horses for courses. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the horses. They've got are for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, a lot of older guys, you know, Corver's 36, Fry's 33, 34, Jefferson's 36, gone on 37, Darren Williams, 32, but an old 32. Yeah. Um, those guys need rest. Those guys don't play well on back-to-back long road trips. Um, but when they can have short flights, you know, they went to Indiana first. Toronto's not, not that long a flight. That's no, not. Um, and stay in one city for a while acclimatize scout um, one really team. S- sit down and get in the get in the rabbit hole and scout a team properly yeah um that's when the Cavs are at their best and it's no no secret why they play their best basketball in when it matters most um because they're just able to 
key in on 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 what they want to do exactly. And we mentioned they don't have excellent one on one defenders. They really rely on being five guys yeah. on the string. It's a it's a team um, defense. It's yeah, team it's defense. absolutely a team defense. Uh, relies a lot on help, helping the helper. Um, and we've seen that's what they've done in this Toronto series. Um, if you looked at the um, Indiana series, their whole play game plan was make someone other than Paul George beat us. So they're more than happy giving up open threes to Lance Stevenson. Now yeah. people are like, oh, um, you can't give us a, give up those open threes against the Warriors. Well, they won't. No, um, well, you play you're, you're, diff- you're playing differently. Exactly, you're not going to take the same. Every um, every for me, here's the thing: every open three is not the same. It matters who's shooting him. Yeah, who's um, shooting him? Yeah. An open three for Lance Stevenson. That's probably a shot you live with. You live with it. He um, makes it. Okay, all yeah. good. But and, and you saw in you games, played a law of averages and yeah, you played a percentages. And, and and you saw in game in that Indiana series. Yes, yeah, Stevenson made a few early, yeah. but then he falls in love with it. And then he plays into your hands. Exactly. Um, in the previous series, it was PJ Tucker. Yeah. Every open look he wanted. Yeah. Um, if that's taking the ball out of Lowry and DeRozan's hands, well, perfect. You're, you're doing what you have to um, do. Going forward, if it's Boston, you're going to see Crowder and Smart get every open three they want. Say, yep. good luck, Jay Crowder. Beat us. If Jay Crowder beats us, so be it. Yeah. Um, but we're not letting IT get into the lane and get 10, 12 free throws and really start playing downhill where now, okay, we're in trouble. Yeah, and and, um, and that goes on what I mentioned before. You just got to minimize your opponent's best strengths. Exactly, exactly. And it's all about it's all about matchups and, like you said, making the opponent do what they least want to do. Yeah, because you're never going to completely shut down a team. Because the teams all these are, guys too are too good. good. Exactly yeah. right. It's about, it's a game of percentages. Yeah. Playing the percentages, which... Which, which structure or game plan or whatever word you want to chuck on it is going to give us the best chance to win. Yeah. What What are we going to do that's going to make this team respect us and adapt to us as opposed mm-hmm. to, uh, to the, us adapting to them? Yeah. And that that's what it all comes down to. Um, I just want to touch back on Kyrie again quickly. You mentioned how sure. good he's been in the other areas. I say this jokingly. I don't say that lightly though. He's been really good cheerleading with Kevin Love, which, I mean, I say it as a joke, but in these last, a lot of these last quarters, mm-hmm. Ty Lue has been saying the LeBron with the four bench player yeah. unit, which we saw was so effective last year in the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's back this year with some some tweaks as well, which I know you really like, you can touch on them. Um, and he's going, to, and Kyrie and Kev, two all-stars, two big money guys, franchise players are saying, hey, you know what? These guys are playing really good. It might be five minutes to go in a five-minute game in a playoff game. Leave them in there. But that's okay. We're happy with staying on the bench because they're playing so good. You talk about growth and maturity yeah, and taking one for the team or whatever word you want to put on it. That's what you... You look at that and you say, this team gets it. Yeah, They know what they're doing. They love each other. They're comfortable in each other's skin. The confidence is just... It's through the roof. Yeah. And... I wonder if it has... Oh, this is just completely... I just popped in my head now. If that has an impact on the opponent as well. Yeah. If the opponent sees, why why isn't this team putting their best players on? Do they think, oh, they don't respect us, which could change the way they play? Oh, that could be completely wrong. I've just yeah. thought of that now. But who knows? It could. This, for me, and this absolutely applies to Golden State in the West as well. 
I think both those teams in their respective conferences, when they walk on the floor um, to before the ball is even tipped, mentally they're the other team is down six zero for me. Yeah, right. Um, it's just the the aura of just seeing them. Um, I don't think it happens to each team in the finals because I don't think they're, they're in, not the, in the finals. They're on the another. same level. Yeah, um, they've both won titles, both been there, done that. Um, but in their respective conferences, you look at look at the East when the Cavs played the Raptors. Like it was just like nothing. Like the game, the series was literally over. Yeah, they, they were they were throwing off the board like lob dunks two minutes into game one. Um, and when a team does that, you're like, oh well, it's, you know, what do we do? Yeah, um, we're completely out of our class. And here. you saw the Raptors; they, they, what they said in their post games, they were just dejected. It was just like resigned game to losing. by game. You saw yeah. it creep in more. They kind of just, just continue to, yeah, to see the what the the writing on the raw on the wall. Excuse me, and they just, they're like, we can't, we can't beat them. Yeah, we can't get it done. Yeah, and it's, then it's, it's amazing. It creeps into the, the way they play as well. Um, speaking of the Celtics, yes, um, one one particular Celtic has been in in the media this week. Well, he hasn't been in the media. He's been the subject. He's been the subject, um, I should say, and that's uh, the notorious Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. Um, obviously, Draymond Green was it on Draymond Green's podcast where he referred to Olynyk as a dirty player. And everyone was like, well, Draymond, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? I don't know why he said it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't know why he's commenting on teams in the East. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to the podcast. I, mean, I, I will be yeah, honest. I have, I've, I have, only, I think I've only I've, listened to that sound. Yes, bite. I've listened to the snippet. And so I'm not sure what the... Maybe there was context. Yeah, maybe he was asked. Like, maybe there was context yeah. wrapped around it. But at the, he still said what he said, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think TNT showed this great graphic. It Was had, it the flagrants? Yeah, it yeah. had Olenek and Draymond. They compared their technicals and their flagrants. It might have been at Jackson's. I think it was something like 44 to 1 flagrants or, yeah. or whatever it was. Just a ridiculous number. Can you believe Ke- so Kelly Olenek hasn't received a flagrant in his career? So he didn't receive a flagrant when he ripped Kevin Love's yeah. shoulder out of his soccer. Oh, that was <laughs> like, obviously, yeah. Um, you can, you can, I think, look, both both of these team both of these players I I hate I hate the word dirty and calling players dirty. I don't think um I don't I don't think any player's dirty. I don't think they I don't think any player in the league before they step out on the floor thinks, Okay, I'm gonna injure someone today. No, no, no there's no this way is a, this is no a brotherhood. No this is a brotherhood. Dirty. Um no Dirty's a very easy term I, to I chuck think, on people. It's false. I think I think guys push the boundaries to get every advantage, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can't fault him for doing no. that. You know, we see that in local competitions. See him um, in any sport, anywhere. Yeah. Um, I think for Olenek, he's just clumsy. He's yeah. really, really clumsy. Um, that Kevin Love thing, I, you know, I've seen him do it to other players. Um, and their arm just doesn't get ripped out, so you don't hear about it. Yeah. Um, but it's a play that he makes very often. Um, now, whether you want to call that dirty or not, it, it's up to you. You can... Um, I, think, I think he's more... They're, they're right on the edge. Yeah. They're, they're right on the edge, both of them. And the it comes back, you can speak about the Draymond kicking exploits. Yeah. Is that dirty? Like I said, I don't call... Is it a dirty act? Maybe. 
I just don't like that word. I don't. I don't think uh, yeah, it I doesn't don't... fit the, the 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 categories of some of these guys. Yeah, you can say what is the kick in? I mean, Draymond spoke about I think biomechanics or whatever he was on about earlier this year. I forgot <sighs> whatever he said. He became a physics pro- yeah. professor. <laughs> it was one one quote. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um, where we spoke about it. Is it does his leg naturally kick up like that? I don't know. Does he do it purposely? Does he try? We don't know. The funniest thing for me was how when that was going down earlier, I think it was earlier this season that where he had that quote. Yeah, yeah, it was. And the entire Warriors Twitter became like physics experts. <laughs> um, like they knew or everything about like kinetics and, and kinetics. How, that might have been and, the word he used. And how yeah. how bodies move and and everything. <laughs> Just became experts on it. Yeah. Um, but I found Draymond said he said this recently. He did say something about kicking. Yeah, he spoke about how... So when you kick someone, you use your feet to do it. Yes. But because he uses his shin, it's not kicking. (laughs) I I do have the quote. Yeah, if you can read it out. search through the phone. I I love Dray, man. I I really do. Um, Well, this is the quote that I saw on Twitter. So whether he actually said this or someone made this up, it's, I wouldn't necessarily say I kick somebody. That was a quote. Yep. And there's his photo with all the... um, the pictures I'll show you here <laughs> of him actually. So it's got. I'll read it out to you guys. So it's got front kick, full strength, turning kick, <laughs> side kick, roundhouse kick, horse kick, and it's all examples. Of- to me, I think for he does flail his leg. Yeah. Um. I think the only egregious like kick for me has been the one against Adams. That was. That was like because he flailed and then came down. And then kicked up. Kicked up. Um, that was That's the one not f- a natural act. That was the one for me that I was like, okay, man, come on. Like, the others I can see because it's like after shooting where he's flailing for, for a foul, foul and he just puts everything up. Yeah, which you see a lot of places You see James do. Harden do it. Um, a lot of time, yeah. Um, speaking of James Harden, yes. what, what do you think about... We've seen it... I've noticed it more in these playoffs, more than, I think, any playoffs. Yeah. That... That play where a player's coming around a curl screen, mm-hmm. and as they're passing the screener, yeah, they know the contact's coming, so they just throw the ball up to get the three yeah. shots. I hate it personally. Um, it's not. I don't like it. I mean, you can say it's a smart play because yeah. they know the contact's coming. You're exploiting so the rules. You are, which is, I mean, the rules are there to be exploited and yeah. to be used to your advantage. At the same time, is it a natural shooting act? I think that's the key that the referees have yeah. to knuckle it's down like, on. It's like the rip-through moves. Now, yeah. you, we've seen the rip-throughs. They used to, uh, when they did them, it was straight to the free-throw yeah. line. Now, they, it's not anymore. Um, I think you see this summer, that, that, those that, that ones will get adjusted. <laughs> because it has to be a natural act. If You have to... And that's where sense of the game comes in as well, for, for, um, for, the, for the refs. Yep. You need... They know... When a player's tr- you you can't read a player's mind, mm-hmm. but you can see if it's a natural shooting act. Yeah, if there's twenty seconds on the shot clock, Harden comes around one of those screens. He not saying it's Harden, just using him as an example. Yeah, and he catches the ball, and there's a player right on his hip. He's not just going to throw that up with twenty seconds left on the shot clock if there was no one there. Like yeah. you've got to understand, and the the, the officials the officials know. Like they've got the common sense. They're there for a reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't necessarily like it that much. It doesn't look right. Yeah, and I doesn't. Look I right. mean, 
Kyrie Irving's another one who does it all they the all time. Do, a lot of them do it. Um, and, because and one of my favorite works. things to see, and this is regardless of what player and what team they play for, but it's a, when a guy is looking for one of those cheap fouls and he doesn't get it, and then he ends up barfing away for <laughs> f- possession because he's tried to con the referee. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to see because <laughs> it's like, just play basketball. Yeah. Just oh, stop being an that's, idiot. Yeah, that's... Um, you see that in North Sports. Yeah. There's so many So I, I think that's one that Adam Silver will be looking at. Um, yeah. And then you'll see next season, guys, it will still be a foul, but I don't think it'll be automatic shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that wraps up our um, shooting time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today, um, Chris, as always, it was a pleasure. Um, before we let you go, where can we find all your stuff and where can we find you? Yeah. Um, on Twitter, at CDeSilver23. Yeah. Um, wrote a couple of pieces this week. One on Dante Exum. Yes, I did see that. For, um, for, for Complex, I believe it yes, was. Yes. Yeah. And for 16 wins, I wrote about John Wall and yes. how every... Every playoff seri- season, if you like, mm. we see a guy who's a you know all star really take that the next superstar step. step. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. like we saw with like Steph in like twenty thirteen, yeah. where where he came out and started dropping bombs from everywhere. Yeah, um, and I think I wrote about how John Wall kind of he's he because he's always been a really high assist guy, like a yeah. fifteen and ten. Yes, yeah. he yeah. can do it in his sleep. Um, but this series we've seen, he's doing that as well as scoring, like I say, James Harden would, um, and really taking over games and taking Washington on his back. And that's been the next part of, part of his growth. Um, and you saw it in game, game three of this, this, this series, actually game four. Yeah. Um, where, so it was 2-1 Boston, um, and... Boston came on, they were up 12, and John Wall was struggling. I think it might yeah. have been like 2 for 7 or 2 for 10 or something like that. And I read about how the John Wall of old would have shied away, would have started facilitating, would have ended up on like 13 points and 12 yeah. assists or something, but not really, just a mediocre game. Um, but from the point they were up 12 to when they were tied at half time, yeah. he took 10 shots in took that half over. a quarter. Yeah. Um, 12 points really put him on his back and that's been the change for me and basically why I think he's kind of joining those elite guys yeah, yeah. Um, this season so yeah bit bit long winded my bad but yeah <laughs> um, you don't pretty no. much don't even have to read the story anymore <laughs> story. So but, you, but yeah um, that's, there's the, the transcript um, of, yeah. of that one <laughs> um, how about you mate <laughs> tell, tell on, us more about you I'm on Twitter at Lee Sakari you can find me there with yeah. um, all the stuff for the pick and roll basketball Australia do a few things and some so some other sports as well. Some, some good, eight, good West Coast Eagles. Some good stuff. West Coast stuff coming for big win last good night win. against yeah. the Warriors. Um, yeah. that's for another day. Um, <laughs> until next time. Um, until next week. Hopefully, we'll catch you again here on the SCN NBA podcast. Of course, don't forget to follow at SCN America on Twitter as well. Our um should shout out our old um old friend Chris Tyler, who's now moved to the United States. He's covering some some baseball games. Yeah. You might see it Big on ups, the man. Yeah, he's got a bit of a media pass there for the New York Yankees. So mm. he's enjoying himself down there. We will get him on the podcast another day. But until then, thanks again for, for joining us here on the SEN NBA podcast.